Hello, everybody. What a great sound that is. When you hear that music, you know it's time for another episode of the Rec Poker Podcast, Forums Edition. I'm here with the panel just like every week. We're playing in the Rec Poker home game. And just like every week, we're taking a hand from the forums and talking about it here in the group. My name's Jim Reed. I'll be your host tonight. Jim in the forums and Bluff Starini in the Rec.Poker home games. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five, uh, on Twitter and PokerStars. I'm John Somsky, and I'm PokerGeekMN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam. I'm Rabman50 everywhere. This is Taylor Moss. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Moss or in the Rock Poker home game as GopherboyTJM. Yeah, Taylor and I weren't smart enough to become something everywhere, so we got to split it up uh, like I that. Like- but. I like being anonymous, so I just change my name everywhere I go. <laughs> nice. You just gotta have to know all my aliases to have my number. <laughs> He's off the grid, folks. Well, <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, Website Amp, Learn Pro Poker, and Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino for making this podcast possible. Thank you so much. And I'd like to thank Jamel for coming back for another week to talk to us about some hands uh, out of the forums. Uh, Jamel, say hello. Hi, uh, thanks for having me, Jim. I'm Jamel Cuevas. I uh, post a lot on the forums under Jamel and on the home games, I'm Fortune NY. And not only is he Fortune NY in the home games, but I believe Jamel is also the current player of the year points leader. Can you confirm or deny that, Jamel? Uh, that is true. I, uh, wow. In the last monthly game, I lucked into a bunch of flopped flushes and I don't know what happened. Ooh, good strategy. Good strategy. I'm going to try that in our next monthly home game. <laughs> But uh, if you're listening, it's not too late to get involved in the race. And we do have a finals in September. John Somsky is putting this whole thing together. Uh, so come on out and play in these home games. Get yourself a bronze pin or maybe a silver pin. And then you oh, can tell wow. all your friends and, you know, display it prominently on the brim of your hat so that everyone has to see it every time they talk to you about poker. So, guys, thanks for talking to, poker, talking to me about poker this week. We're going to talk about a hand that Jamel posted in the forums. This one's called, Can We Call This River? So Jamel, take us through what made you decide to post this hand. Sure, um, this is a hand from a online, um, one of those online phone apps where I host a private game with a bunch of dads um, in my neighborhood. Um, now that um, COVID hit, we just moved the game online. Um, at the time we were four players deep in this cash game. Um, blinds are 10 cents, 20 cents, and we're about $18 effective. So around 90 big blinds for those doing math. Um, we're on the button with uh, queen of hearts, 10 of hearts. And um, our main villain in this hand is a winning player. And that probably says a lot because out of the, you know, 20 to 30 players, I would say around like five to six of them are winning players. Um, so this is a, a decent opponent in a loose splashy game. Um, so we're on the button. We have queen 10. Um, under the gun folds, I raise to 60 cents or three big blinds. Um, the small blind folds and the big blind min raises to $1.20. So we are, um, so I call and we're two to the flop. So any, I'll stop there. Any feedback on, is this a pretty standard call? Would anybody raise here? Well, four-handed, so you're definitely getting involved, and I don't think you're folding at that point. So I, I kind of like playing. The, this is a call in position that 
uh, suited Broadway gapper. Um, it's very flop dependent. Um, Four-handed, you can still make a one-pair hand and feel like yep. you're on top, but you really want to you really want to get some. You want to get a two-pair plus hand out of this. So I like I like to see flops with hands like this. What about you guys? Yeah, I agree. I think it would definitely be a call. I don't see a lot of value in raising unless the you know big blind is very spazzy or something like that. Yeah, no, I didn't get that read. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah okay. and then you, if the three bet's bigger. I think we can potentially consider folding, uh, but when they make it, you know, another three big blinds. So we made it three blinds, they went to six. If they instead go to like 10, 11, 12, like something that large, then we can potentially, uh, you know, lay this down. But like the odds that we're getting by just calling three more big blinds with, you know, a hand that's as connected as queen 10 when it's suited, like, yeah, this is a pretty easy just call for us. And is that is that again? Is that another clickback raise coming out of the blind? Just there? over. So is that is that a common? Yeah. Okay. Is that sizing common? It in this is game not. Because this is it, your whole like, game, so you it know gives that. me fits because okay. I never see. Them. Like, what are they trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> right. So you yeah, normally see a raise of like a uh, buck eighty or two dollars there, right? Yeah. So, but you, what you see is just a, a you know, he's just min raising your raise basically. Yeah, essentially just taking the lead in some way. Right, I, like right. I, I read this as he's just trying to take the lead. He's probably betting every flop here. Mm -hmm. And so I could see if, if they had some, if they were breaking you down in the lab and they had some read on you that made that a good decision, like I can see why some people might be tempted to do that. But if you're listening at home, if you're re-raising from the blinds, up that sizing a bit give the person that's in position a real yeah. decision because this is a pretty trivial decision i think to just call at this sizing and play a hand and so all you've done in out of the blinds is you've raised the size of the pot you've bloated the pot out of position um, it's going to make it harder to play it's going to make the stakes higher so uh, hey i love a three bet out of the blinds but make make that guy pay yep. make him pay yeah I, I agree if he hadn't made it a big raise i'm letting this go right um, but at the price, I thought a call was in order. So, yes. so, so moving on, we're at the flop. There's $2.50 in the pot. Um, the flop comes 10 of clubs, king of hearts, two of clubs. So two clubs and one heart. Uh, we have queen of hearts, 10 of hearts, for those listening on the podcast. So we have middle pair um, and a backdoor flush draw. Um, big blind bets one dollar and forty cents, and I call. And I guess technically you've got a backdoor straight too if the uh, jack ace yeah. comes in. Um, so you do have a little extra. Speaking, here. it's the backdoor straight flush draw. Oh, <laughs> the good royalist point. of good straight point. flush draws too. <laughs> Does that count as an extra out? Do you get to count one extra out for just banging the royal? Yeah, because when you hit it, it feels so good. So yeah, it counts it as an extra out. I think it should. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think so this is a standard call. Like you hit a pair, uh, you're in position. Let's just, you know, we don't want to, you know, inflate the pot too much, uh, but we definitely don't want to be giving up here. This is a pretty easy call, I think. Yeah, you read. Yeah, I can see it's one of those spots where, I mean, depending on the sizing, you could you could just have enough equity to call with your draw equity 
plus you've got that middle pair, which is uh, something versus their range. Um, and I think you, you actually might have like too much equity to turn this into a, a bluff raise here, but I don't mind using these hands that have like some of that draw equity, um, but you're not really going to be good at showdown uh, as, as a raise candidate. But I, I think I, I call, I call in position here. Yeah. There's some spots where if like I have the ACE, maybe I call, but with any other flush draw, maybe I raise, but in this spot, it felt like with the pair, like mm-hmm. I have some showdown value. He, yeah. he he would bet this if he didn't hit anything, right? He could have ace high. So why allow him to fold right now? Yep, I completely agree. So then the turn comes. Yeah, the- so the, the turn, we, we get to the turn. We have $5.30 in the pot. The turn is the eight of hearts. So we have 10 of clubs, king of hearts, two of clubs, eight of hearts. Um, so we pick up a flush draw. Um, we still have middle pair, second pair, uh, big blind checks. And I fire $4 and 10 cents into the $5 and 30 cents pot. So a much bigger proportional size, uh, to the pot than the earlier street. Um, so tell, tell me a bit about why you chose the sizing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I felt that if the, another heart hits, I'm probably not going to get more money from this person if they don't have a premium hand. So, um, you know, while I can, I figured let's push the extra equity we picked up. We have a pair, uh, we could pick up a second pair. We could, uh, pick up a flush. We have lots of cards that help us. Um, and other than flush draws, the eight didn't help that many hands. So I feel like we're, we're in a really good place. I like, I like where I am right now. I'm pretty comfortable. So you consider this a value bet or is this a semi bluff with yours? I would, I would say this is a semi bluff, right? Somebody let into me or he has a King or not. So I'm bidding an amount that a King would think about a weak King would think about letting go. And so I could get a little bit of better to fold, but also if I'm called, I have plenty of cards that can, okay. I don't think I'm good, great now, but if I'm called, I have plenty of cards that could help me. All right. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense that you're making this into a semi bluff as opposed to trying to get value with a uh, ASI type hand. Because right, an ASI right, right. yeah, type hand is not going to call you for, for, to, for you to get the value. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but my assumption is that this villain is c-betting too much, so I'm making him pay for that right now. So my only note on the sizing is that if, like, the king, the pair of kings is a hand that you'd love to get to fold here. I don't know how many kings are going to fold even at this sizing. It's nice that they will uh, when they do. but you're going to get folds out of all the hands that aren't a pair of kings at a smaller sizing, um, which makes me, I, I, I like this. I'm a big fan of making bigger bets with semi bluffs because I, I like having that out when they do call. And I like the idea that you're kind of defining their range a bit. So when he does call here, um, before we go into the next street group, as well as Jamel here, when they do call, how many hands are they calling with that aren't a king at that point? 
Like what are, what are the kind of hands they're calling with um, that are not in that top pair range? Probably just the nut club draw. As well. I think that's a good one. Yeah, so it's nice. I mean, what's nice about these big bets is that you get to define your opponent's range, right? Like you could make a smaller bet here and, you know, you'd still get a lot of the folds, but you wouldn't be quite as sure on the next street as to what they actually had, which makes it harder to play on the next street. I feel like when they call this turn bet, um, you've, really, you've really removed a lot of those second best hands uh, from, their, from their range. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I like that. I mean, it, it helps you know when you've got second pair what to do on the river when you think that they've got top bear, right? So, so, so it is, it does feel like a semi bluff opportunity because you're, you're betting to improve um, in those times to betting catch to up, improve right? or to get them to fold, right? He could yeah. like go up some Kings. Yep. So what, what Kings do you think he's going to fold? Cause we're in a, a hand where they three bet, right? So yeah, a did. lot of the Kings that they have are pretty strong. Yep, that's true. And it is four-handed, so we don't know how well they're adjusting to that. Like, if you're four-handed, you'd expect that three-betting range to open up more, but we don't know We don't know about this player if they're... But are they going to do that with king-nine? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would guess, like, king-jack, king-queen. And it, is king-jack, is king king-queen, or ace-king going to fold in this spot? Right. So, so we're not really targeting a king to fold here? Yeah, that's then, a good point. If it was a calling range, yeah, if it was a calling range that have more weaker kings that they might be less excited to get to showdown against that kind of strong action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I where I'm going with this is I really dislike a bet here. Um, I think this is a really easy check spot uh, because when we bet, I don't know what we're really targeting. What worse hands are going to call? or what better hands are going to fold. And I think the only thing that you can actually like categorize into, yeah, if we get it to fold, it's a good thing is something like ace jack of clubs, ace queen of clubs, something like that, where mm -hmm. they don't really have any value right now, but they have a lot of equity in a draw. And maybe if you bet big enough, they'll fold. But I don't know if they're going to fold here if they have the ace jack of clubs or ace queen of clubs and they've got, you know, all those outs, a straight out, flush outs, pair outs. Um, I, I think I would really like to keep my opponent's range very wide here and just check behind. Because uh, in the instances where they don't actually have a hand, uh, there's a decent chance they're going to bet out into us on the river, giving us a pretty easy call. Uh, when we have a hand like, let's ignore what potential river cards could come, but if we have a hand like second pair, uh, that makes a really good bluff catching hand and everything that you've talked about has described as, Hey, this could be a great bluff catching spot because you said they see that too wide. Well, mm -hmm. if they see that too wide and then check on the turn, that's, you know, great for us. Their range is still super wide. And when we get to the river here, like a pair of tens is going to be good, maybe 75, 80% of the time. So when they bet into us, we have a really easy call and we can just keep this hand, you know, small with, mm -hmm the the strength of the hand that we actually have which is second pair we don't want to be bloating this pot too much when we have second pair and yeah. we do have the potential of hitting some nut outs too because we we have a flush draw as well so taylor if you didn't have that 10 paired 
in your hand here. If this was uh, a situation where you were just playing with the draw equity, does that change that into a, a more honest seven bluff, semi bluff, as it were? Uh, like, does that make so, it a more right? valuable betting spot? I think so, because then you're uh, you're getting hands like potentially like sevens, eights, mm-hmm. nines, sixes, mm-hmm. fives, all those to fold, which have you beat. Uh, but obviously, if you don't have a pair, they they currently have you beaten, have more equity than you. So you're denying their equity when you have that spot. But when you have those hands beat with a pair of tens, uh, mm-hmm. now you don't get any value out of getting them to fold. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. If you just had the flush draw or even something like, let's say you had the queen deuce of hearts where you pair, made bottom pair. So mm-hmm. that gives you a little extra equity in that you could still hit trips or you could hit two pair as additional ways to actually end up with the best hand at the end. Um, then I like the semi bluff as well, or I, I pre- like it better. Great. One of, one of the things this is uh, reminding me of is like, I, I really, I like this conversation and where this is headed. And, and uh, one of the ways that like I've had to recognize for myself, like I cannot help myself and I've had to like really study this exact kind of spot is like, like I, we talked about this on the flop, right? Like, Oh, we have the, we have the back door Royal flush draw. We have the back door, whatever. When that back door starts to become front door and like it starts to complete itself on the turn i i almost can't help myself i'm like oh god look at all this equity look at all this oh my god i gotta bet i gotta grow this pot (laughs) and i think there's a lot of times where especially when we had middle pair to start that uh we really have to sort of check that reflex like yes this has improved your standing and your hand and your possibilities in this hand but it doesn't mean we always have to bet um and so I, I, yeah, I, re, I just like kind of want to emphasize that as like a, a general spot to look for is like when we're closing in on that backdoor equity, whatever way that came in, um, that's not just a green light to be like, okay, now I got to bet because I want to, I want to make sure to whatever. Cause like, I think there are times when we have to take a step back and say, well, this is still a pretty much a buff bluff catching hand. Um, I think point. that's a great point. I think in game, I thought the same thing. Like, look at this extra equity. I'm going to fire money into the pot. That was like I, my reflex. But I do that. I, I have showdown value. So. Yeah. I, I do this all the time. And, and it, it like, I, I, I think we talked about this on a previous episode too, where I was in a similar spot where I picked up a bunch of backdoor equity on the turn and wanted to get frisky. But part, part of the problem, I think the guys have, have pointed out well here is that um, there's another person in the hand. And like they're, you got to figure out what, what, how are they best going to respond um, to various different tacks you could take. And if what you're saying is, I want to get one more bet in on this before, it, you know, in case something scary happens on the river, or I want, I feel like I can get one more bet in here. Um, a lot of it is player dependent because you can get that bet by betting on the turn or as Taylor pointed out, you can get that bet by bluff catching on the river. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, depending on how the hand's gone, if, if you're going to end up with a second pair hand, like we don't know what the river's going to hold, but most of the time that's going to be, you're not going to want to get, you're not going to get another value bet called if it's a pair of tens on the river. Um, so I don't know if, I think, I think Taylor said it best talking about using it, using it as a bluff catcher in that way if you think you're if you think your opponent's inclined to do it yep 
But I mean, I, 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 I'm a sucker for that extra equity on the turn. And I, I think that's something I really need to reevaluate about my game because uh, yeah, it's tempting and it feels like you've picked up equity. So you should bet. And I think just because you've picked up equity, I mean, it makes it more likely that you're going to win the hand. That doesn't always mean you should bet. I guess I think it's real easy to look at that when you pick up that flush draw and forget about your 10. Yeah. All you're thinking about now is, Hey, I got a flush draw. This is a perfect semi bluff opportunity. And, and then go ahead and bet. I think that's very common. Yep. But the fact is you're beating a lot of those hands that you're going to get folds out of already. So it's just not a great use of that bet. You'd be better off using that bet. Yeah. Keep um, the flush draws in there. Yeah. Yeah. And those other, you know, other tens or, um, you know, sevens, eight, nines uh, that, that are going to put that bet in on a safe, on a safe river. I think that's, yeah, that's something I got to work on. All right. So should we go to the river? Let's do it. All right. So, so recap, uh, we we're at the turn. We have 530 um, in the pot, big blind checks. I bet 410 into 530 big blind calls. So we get to the river with 1350 in the pot. Um, the river is the 10 of spades. So the board is 10 of clubs, king of hearts, two of clubs, eight of hearts, 10 of spades. Uh, so both flush draws missed. Um, we pick up a 10. So we have trips uh, with a king, with a queen kicker. The big blind checks. Um, I bet 720 and the big blind instantly goes all in for 656 more. I mean, you're definitely betting, right? Is anyone here arguing for not betting trips on that river? I'm betting. I mean, given uh, the action, when that river card comes, it looks like he has the virtual nuts. I mean, I, I can't imagine your opponent playing a hand that beats you in this manner. Mm. I mean, it, it's screaming ace-king the way right. he played it, you know, or king-queen or something like that. And having nothing that would beat trip tens. And when you feel confident about that, just get the value that you can, right? Like, I like this bet size. Um, it, you know, you could go all in because effective stack size is essentially a pot size bet. But half pot leaves them some chips behind too. It, it just is saying, hey, do you have ace king? And just, you know, really tempting them to call with a hand like that. And it's exactly what you want to do when you have trip tens here. And I don't know if everyone would agree with me, but I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get my chips in fast enough when, uh, when villain jams here. Like I, I like I, this is like, I, I would hope my chips would be there before they finished putting their up. Basically. I, I totally agree, Chris. I totally agree. I don't know. I, I hold my breath a little bit because whenever we see the, the all ins from an opponent, like yeah. it, a check raise all in, like that's such a strong move. Like you have to be curious of like, did they magically have pocket Kings here or pocket eights or something like that? Like there are some hands that beat us, but yeah, like we're just so high up in our range that we're just never getting away from this. Yeah. I think the missed flush draws too, like mm. they, they could be bluffing. They well, they could... would miss flush draws. I would argue very heavily if they're going to bluff, they're going to lead out. They're not going to yeah. raise when they have, 
you know, six and a half more after you've put in seven and then there's, you know, 20 some in the pot. Like they, that's a pretty bad play from a missed flush draw. They should be putting the pressure on when they have the first chance to. Uh, that's what I think is so scary about the check raise all in. And mm-hmm. I hold my breath, but like, there's no way I'm ever folding. So yeah. I'm just, you know, the only thing I'm scared of here is ace 10. Um, and, um, you know, maybe, you know, and, and I could, I could be, I could be beat by ace 10, but I it's still be Jack 10. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's still be Jack 10. And I mean, I guess they could be in there with, they could be in there with what pocket Kings. Pocket Kings, uh, pocket no eights. Way. Yeah, you just don't think it gets king there 10, like that? Maybe king 10, but maybe, I don't yeah. think they can have pocket kings or pocket eights. I just How do they don't. not raise the turn with pocket kings? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Or, I think so too. I mean, if they have pocket kings and they get called on the flop, I would think you'd continue betting on the turn. Yeah, that's yep. a good point. Yeah. They aren't mm-hmm. going to check the the turn, I don't think. And potentially misvalue, yeah. They, they, if they have pocket kings, you would have heard from them. You're Same right. with pocket deuces, and I doubt if they're going to three bet three with yeah. pocket deuces. Especially with as wet as the board is on the turn, you've got two flush draws coming. Yeah, in. yeah, you they're know, getting if frisky. You've got a set. You've got to get your money in now. Yeah, because even if the if the flush comes on the river, then it's going to dry up all your action, or you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's not a good outcome. So yeah. it could be could be king 10 i guess but again even then you're i think they're probably gonna especially four-handed i think they're gonna be pressing that for value um on an earlier street so yeah can we can we take a quick turn to hypothetical land and say we check the turn mm. um and then i guess we can either make the case that they lead out into us on the river or they check raise us on the river let's take the check raise route so we we check turn so river the pot is still 530 they check and we bet now we bet 410 let's mm-hmm. say that mm-hmm. um and they raise us do we re-raise all in or do we just call <sighs> so we we go 410 and they go to 11 or 12 let's say i probably just call there from the andrew brokus play optimal poker strategy of not raising into a polarized range and at that point i feel like even though the even though the remainder stack is pretty small you're just never going to get those calls by the hands that you're beaten um if you raise i don't know if that's true or not but that would be my my inclination i think that's fair i think that's a fair point i you know how do you how do you yeah i don't know that you can go over the top again um without the virtual nuts mm-hmm. I, I very much agree. Um, but I think some people might be like, oh, I got trip tens now. Let's just, you know, keep shoveling money in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are you, what are they actually check raising with that? Like you beat and want to just keep getting more chips into the middle with. I, I just don't know. There's many hands. I think it plays much better. as just a call then. Yeah, I think so too. But I, I like the way we're using we're using hand ranging to really narrow down his hands here, even four-handed. So this is a four-handed spot. So it's going to start with really wide ranges, but they three bet, so that made it easier. And then we're just analyzing the action street by street. We're removing hands that they could have had from their range as we go. That's why we're not talking about pocket kings anymore, why we're not talking about pocket uh, twos or eights or whatever. And I think you're right. 
Um, I still feel like there's some other tens out there, but he's not three betting a lot of those tens. And so King 10, there's a King 10 of diamonds. It could be ACE 10 does seem like very realistic. Uh, it does feel like it's that tight set of hands and it's weird when you, when you lay it out like that, like their value range is actually beating your trip. So the question is, how often are they bluffing and, and why would they choose to bluff in a check raise line on the river um, when they could have taken a different opportunity to bluff on an earlier street? So, yeah. um, I don't know. I think, I think it's, I, I think I still play it the same though, to be honest with you. Once, once we make that river bet, I don't, I don't think we're getting away from it here. Is anybody else fold to the, to the shove there? It's just the sizing of it makes it seem like you just got to sigh and throw your hands up and, yeah, there's not enough behind. It it seems so much like uh, Ace King to me. Yeah, you know that just it just you know and that's so typical of a rec player to think that the guy has Ace King. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but but if you look at what we did with the ranges and how we broke them down and said, well, it can't be this, it can't be this, it can't be this. It leaves Ace King, and you know a potential. The only ten that we beat that he could possibly have would be Jack 10. Yep. You know, Jack 10 of diamonds or something like that. Yep. And we're, and uh, let's be honest, his 10 holdings are blocked a lot harder than his King holdings, right? Exactly. Not only is there an extra one on the board, but we've got one in our hand. So just combinatorically, he's more likely to have a King, uh, which I think makes it even better just to be able to call in, in position there. So that, that's, I think that makes sense. So I'll just run through a few other comments in the, in the post here. And folks, you should, we, we sort of, we touch on the, the subject. We talk about the conversation that was in the discussion post here, but go to, the, go to the website and go look at the actual post. This one's called, Can We Call This River? And you'll see some great stuff from Binkley, from Steve Fredland, from ARW, um, all sharing some thoughts. And it's too much to really go into here, but there's some pretty good breakdowns of how these ranges develop and uh, what they might do in different spots and pod odds and that kind of thing. So I do encourage players to go and check that out in the forum. You'll get more out of it than just listening around. Uh, So what, what happens, Jamal, you got to do this delayed, uh, delayed results for us. So I, um, I called the all in and he flipped over ACE 10 offsuit. Wow. Of course he did. Mm. Of course he did. Well, Taylor, you called it. Had you had you scrolled down to the bottom of the post when you uh, made your? You don't have to answer. I, I think Chris is the one that called it. We'll give him. Oh yeah. Okay. But the only thing I'm worried about is Ace Ten. Yeah. I I was calling out that I think King, Kings and Eights might be a potential. Um, but yeah. Chris I also said I couldn't get my money in fast enough, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it balances out. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, is there anything else uh, you guys would like to talk about this hand? Let me see. It's, it's a great one. Thanks for bringing it, Jamel. That was good. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we're going to have you back next week. So everyone uh, uh, pay attention next week. You get to join Jamel and the rest of us here. I'd like to thank Learn Pro Poker, Website Amp, and Running Aces, Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. Thanks, everyone, for coming and talking poker with me this week.